Welcome to Grand Slam KBO's Weekly Walk-Off, our brand new show where we talk to some of the people who have made Korean baseball a wonderful experience for us fans to enjoy. You can reach us at Grand Slam KBO and at probably underscore Brad. Matthew Kerr is available at Chimek Baseball and Bradley Hyder can be found at Grand Slam Hyder. We have a website, grandslamkbo.com. And we can also be found on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today, Brad Denae joins me to talk to former Lotte Giants and Hanway Eagles pitcher Shane Newman. And as it's midnight here in Korea, I'm delighted to say he's on Zoom and waiting to talk to us now. Thanks for taking the time, Shane. Man, I'm doing well. Uh, glad to be on the show with you guys. I've been doing a little podcast myself, so uh, it feels good to be on the other side of things and not the actual person asking all the questions and having to be creative. Yeah, so we had you on the show, I remember, in, in 2017. I'm pretty sure you're one of the first interviews we had that time, and you were still playing. You were still playing baseball at the time, and you were interested in coming back to um, KBO. Um, I said, now you're doing your own podcast. So, like, what have you been doing from, like, 2017 to where we are today in 2020? Man, it's been a little bit of everything. I actually settled into uh, to a suburb of Dallas, Texas. The city I'm in is called Mansfield, Texas. Actually, um, came here, started doing some work with the Urban Youth Academy that the Texas Rangers have here in uh, East Dallas. Did that for a while and then kind of got my hands into doing some private training with pitching, which is what I'm currently doing now with some young kids. I have anywhere from nine years old to high school age kids that I work with uh, on their pitching. Started doing seminars, so starting to branch out with, with those guys and taking it a little bit further than the physical, jumping into the mental side of the game and just helping them prepare. Not only that, like you mentioned, I started a podcast, um, looking to open my own indoor facility, hopefully in a month. So I've been pretty busy uh, with the quarantine, with the quarantine times, as you guys know, we've had to be creative, not being able to go many places. So raising a young baby girl and trying to establish myself here since I've been retired has been uh, something that's kept me kept me busy and, and, and on a go for the most part. And, and just kind of slowing down a little bit with COVID-19, but still getting some work done. Um, do you mind if I ask you as well, like before we talk about your, your baseball career here in South Korea, but how has the kind of COVID-19 thing been for you generally like overall? It's been a roller coaster ride, man. Uh, Again, having a young baby, you want to be safe as possible. You know, my lady, she's a bit nervous. She's an attorney, so she hasn't been in the office in about four months since since mid-March, probably, when it hit. So she's had to work from home. That's been something that's been challenging for me, you know, being around each other for, you know, a long, long stretches of the day. It's been tough, you know, taking that break, though, and being and having the time for her to, to spend time with our daughter as opposed to going into the office every day has been cool. They've, they've had a bond that they've been able to build over that time. And really, man, we can't shop, can't go to the malls and stuff like that. That's been a, that's been the toughest part. Can't really go chill at a bar and have a drink. All those things that you need to unwind and kind of get away from the everyday hustle bustle. 
we can't we can't partake in. So that's been the most challenging thing. Okay, and then like you're you're. I remember we talked to you on the the podcast before, and you were talking about you know you wanted to get back into KBO. How did like how did the Shane Newman baseball career as in terms of like a professional player end? When when did you decide like okay it's kind of time to hang up, hang up my my glove now? Really, after not getting any attention from KBO teams, uh, not sure why. I've never been in trouble or did anything wrong. The only thing I've ever done was probably speak my mind on certain things that I felt not only me but other foreign players were being mistreated on. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, I still played a little bit in 2017, and I worked out for some teams, uh, major league teams here, late 2017, I believe November. Didn't get any, didn't get any calls back aside from, hey, man, you know, we, we like what we saw, but there was no room for you. At that point, I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and hang these things up because all I wanted was somebody to put eyes on me and let me know, hey, do you have what it takes or, or we, we just don't think that, that you're able to, to, to come into an organization and, and help where we would need help at. So once I heard that from those major league teams, even though it may have been some BS, because I was 38 years old at the time, uh, at least they came to watch me. So after that happened, I was like, you know, I'm okay with shutting it down. So at the beginning of your career, how did you actually initially find out about interest from the KBO? Where did where did that come from, and what was your initial reaction to that? So it's a it's a it's a story in itself, man. Um, 2008, I was with the Phillies, and and even prior to that, I started going through some mental things, man. I don't know why, because of the business side of baseball here in the States at the major league level, it affected me mentally. So I kind of lost my way from that standpoint and ended up getting released halfway through the season with the Phillies, found myself in independent ball, uh, not knowing I was depressed at the time. Although one of my pitching coaches that knew who I was and saw me over the years mentioned I might be depressed and offered help, right? But uh, with me having pride and really not knowing, I was like, man, I'll be okay. Uh, and next thing you know, I don't have a job with an affiliated baseball team, meaning a major league t- uh, baseball team, whether it's the minor leagues or the major league. So I found myself in independent ball for about three years, three and a half years, battling depression, finally getting help a couple of years later, getting myself back on track, not really getting attention from major league teams. At this time, I'm 30, 31 years old. So when I put together my best season in indie ball, which was 2011, Still not getting any interest from MLB teams. Uh, I got a call from a guy who was a broker at the time to to go to Taiwan. So now, man, I'm I'm broke. I'm running from I'm running from bill collectors at this point in time. Playing independent ball, making two grand a month. So I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely take that job. It's gonna pay me about eleven grand a month. So it's gonna help me get back on my feet. Also, giving me the opportunity to be in Asia. And the goal was. Taiwan be a stepping stone for me to get to Korea or Japan. So I go there to Taiwan. I pitch well for the last month and a half or so of the season. Go to Dominican Republic and play winter ball. Pitch of the year. Stupid numbers. And I was going out and drinking and doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing, you know, based on my routine, based on my pitching routine. Yeah. You know, if I'm pitching on, let's just say I'm pitching on, I'm pitching on Tuesday, right? I'm not going out on Sunday. I'm not going to do nothing on Sunday or Monday. I like to give myself two days. Well, I was doing that. I was going out on that Sunday, even though I was pitching on Tuesday. And I was just doing my thing. Still no attention from Major League Scouts. I'm playing against the best of the best in DR, right? If you guys know about the Dominican Republic Winter League, it's the best of the best. 
Major League players play in that league. So anyway, not getting no love. And here it is, Korean team starting to show interest uh, and talk to the broker guy that I've been in touch with. I was like, hey, you know what? If somebody puts a real off on the table, I'm taking. I'm 31, 32, well, 32 at the time. So I need to ride this wave as long as I can. So when, when Lotte put the deal on the table, I was like, you know, let's do this. I'm ready. I've been in Asia already, got my feet wet. I was open to the opportunity. <clears throat> Great. Okay. So when you when you got the 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 contract offer then from the Lotte Giants, like what did you know about baseball in Korea? You said that like you kind of wanted to move to Japan or Korea at one point. And was it a really easy selling point to move to Busan and the Lotte Giants? Yeah, somewhat. Um because later at that season I was in um, Taiwan, they actually had a guy, um, Brian Brian Corey, I believe his name was. He was a he was pitching at he was pitching for Lotte. Ended up getting released, and he came to Taiwan and finished the season in Taiwan. So he was talking a little bit about playing in the KBO. Plus, a couple guys I knew, uh, one of my college teammates, I pitched for SK a while back, Jason Scobie. Then another guy I played in Double with. Uh, had actually signed to go to Korea in the middle of the season. So I knew a little bit about the league, but not a whole lot. I can tell you this, and uh, Andrew, I was a little skeptical about food because being in Taiwan, I didn't really enjoy the food and, and certain little things that I didn't like. So I was a little skeptical about going, but the paycheck was a hell of a lot different. So that that that, that does help <laughs> a little bit, but... um. You know, I learned a little bit here and there, man, and, and heard about the league. But I was just open at that point in time, not getting any love from the MLB. Hey, you know, healthy consolation, Japan or Korea. Mm. So, as you said, you were initially in 2008 pitching for the Phillies. Uh, you know, that was that was a great Phillies team. Um, and at the same time, you said that because of everything happening there, the business mindset, everything like that, it affected you mentally. When you came to Korea, how did you find that difference in terms of, you know, just the clubhouse atmosphere, the, the, the business side? Did it cater more for you as a player? Well, what helped the most, Brad, man, was um, Ryan Sadowski. Nice. You know, having that guy, having that guy, he had been in Korea two years prior to me getting there, understanding the language, knowing his way around. That was huge for me because at that point, I had found my stride again. Uh, I was passionate about what I was doing as a pitcher. So we know in Korea, everything's pretty nice. You got to be nice on a baseball field. You can't be too passionate, meaning the way we know passion, cussing and just kind of getting excited. And, and people think you're mad as opposed to, hey, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm really serious about this. I'm really focused on doing my job. It's a little bit different. So that, that type of uh, culture difference was huge for me. I, I know I had a couple meetings, not only with the pitching coach at the time, but um, – you know, uh, Captain Cho and, and uh, Hong Sang-hoon, you know, just the way I was, you know, approaching the game, they thought I was always mad or angry about stuff. So <laughs> having Sadowski around helped me adjust to the culture differences of, of playing a game of baseball there. So that in itself, besides me being back on my game and being passionate about what I was doing, uh, helped me adjust. And the food was good too, so that helped me adjust. <laughs> <laughs> it takes all the boxes then. For sure. Um, we talk a lot of people. We talked to a lot of people um, throughout the years about Ryan Sadowski, and you mentioned him there, obviously in great detail. But how important, like not just for you, but for other foreign players, you, you hear a lot of people talking about him and how he helped to uh, help people to adjust to life in the KBO. Yeah, man. But you know, mainly he he understood the language. Mm -hmm. He had established relationships. 
with a lot of people in the country, whether it be military uh, personnel or just, you know, folks like you guys that, that you may meet out at a bar or just out, out and about that he's been able to to build, to to start relationships with and, and help learn the lay of the land, should I say, uh, which is great, man. And just telling, being able to tell a taxi driver how to get to back to my apartment right. or from my apartment to Judice Tewa and 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 Busan or or some other places around around the uh, around the country, whether whether you know, depending on where we're playing it. So for him to kind of give you those little those little gems, those little tidbits about what you need. In order to survive, you don't have to always lean on your translator. Why? Because your translator got 10 jobs he got to do besides help you out. So to have a guy like Sadowski to help you kind of get your feet wet and get used to living in a different country, adjusting to different rules and, 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 and the way people do things was, was huge. It helps you. It helps guys stick around for more than one year, yeah. which you see a lot of guys coming back year after year. And I think that's a credit to him and helping, helping guys adjust. I think of from like listening to your podcast, Shane, and from having you on the show before. Your guy, like you got some great stories here in Korea, and or like great stories about like like being a professional athlete yourself. We could probably we could probably do like a five hour show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> starts through Taiwan, Major League Baseball, Korea, and what's happened since then. Um, but can we just talk to you about like what it was like to pitch then for? Um, the Lotte Giants. So you're, you're pitching in Sajik. It's one of the most iconic sporting arenas in Korea. What is it like for you to be the guy? Um, it's kind of like towards the tail end of a really, really good Lotte Giants team as well. So what's it like to kind of run out onto that field? 26,000 people, the most passionate fans in Korea, as everybody always says. What is yeah. it like to be the starting pitcher for that baseball club? It was cool, man. It was real cool. I mean, obviously playing winter ball, the crowd noise and the participation is, is pretty much the same. Obviously, I got a piece. I got to witness that in Taiwan. So that prepared me. But running out there, Busan is in the southern part of Korea, as we know. I'm from the southern part of the United States, Louisiana to be exact, and South Louisiana. So the people having their own lingo, the way they treat you, all of those things reminded me of being back home in Louisiana. So for me, once I adjusted to certain things culturally and having Ryan Sadowski with me, I dove right in. It was like I was at home. The only difference was we spoke different languages. So to, to feel like I was in South Louisiana again and to know that these fans were real passionate and they were real adamant about certain things, uh, I had fun with that. I, I enjoyed that, man. I love being being in Busan. I love walking out the streets and, and doing things and, and, and just kind of diving in with the fans and being part of them. So it made the job easier, man. It's just like we talked about before, the business side of things that kind of interrupts you're really being able to fully have fun and enjoy your experiences as a, as a ball player in Korea. As was mentioned there, you were a part of a really successful Phillies team. I mean, arguably the most successful Phillies team there was. Then you came into a successful Latte team. So you had both of these fan bases, you know, watching good baseball uh, and, and having things to cheer about. How did you find the difference between those two teams, like fan base? How, how, did, how did that leave a mark on you? Well. The only thing would be is if, uh, <laughs> you know, in Philly, if, 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 if you're screwing up, the fans will let you know. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure the fans in, in, in Busan will let you know if you're screwing up. The only difference is I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that, that in itself and the fact that, that you can, as a fan in Korea, you can be really, you can really reach out and touch 
your pl- the players. In the States, you know, you have certain security and certain restrictions to where the fans, unless they run into you out somewhere, they can't really reach out and touch you. Uh, so that that made things feel I – I guess it made it feel like you were playing Little League baseball again in the sense of how how close you were to the fans and how much access they had to you. Or even college baseball, you know, you know, which I, I did play for four years at LSU. It made you feel like that. I guess like a kid again, man, to have fun playing the game and, and, and feel like you're not just part of a team but part of a community. Mm. It sounds great. And like, again, I said before, like the Lotte Giants seem to have like the most, um, well, the most uh, well-recognized fan fan base here in Korea. So like in, in terms of like Sajik Baseball Stadium itself, because we hear, I've been there as a fan before, but I've no idea what it's like to stand on that mound. And you know what that's like. Like you've, you've pitched and, and Kang Min Ho has been your catcher and you played against the best players that Korean baseball had to offer the time that you were over here. So when you, when you, if you strike a guy out to, to finish off an inning, it's a tight game. Like what, what, what is that scene like for you when you're walking back towards the guy? Do you, do you want to run back to your seat or do you want to walk really slowly and just take all that, take all that in? Uh, you walk and you take as a pitcher, you walk and you take it in for the most part, especially growing up here in the States and pitching. You know, you rarely see guys, you know, run off the field. You might see it there as a pitcher, guys running off the field, but it's a numbing feeling, especially you playing a team like LG uh, or lately, you know, with Doosan winning so much now or, or even Samsung and you get a big strikeout in a huge situation. God forbid you strike the guy out looking. Uh, it's a numbing feeling, man. It's a numbing feeling. That's the only thing I can say. feels like the ground's shaking a little bit, but you don't feel anything. That crowd noise just kind of takes over. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't realize it until you actually sit down and, and decompress a little bit uh, after, after getting out of an inning like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sort of like a, like a celebration, like, like, a, like a massive fist pump, or, or is, it just, is it just like kind of take it all in and, and, just, and just enjoy your, your walk back? I do. I, I have something that I do. It's nothing massive or exciting. But guys, if, if guys see me or if I get a big strikeout in, in, in a certain in, a, in an important part of the game or even a double play, you know, if you'll watch guys. I usually wipe my forehead <laughs> and then take my hat off. Uh, that's what I do or, or, or reverse. Sometimes I sometimes I take my hat off and wipe my forehead. So you'll see guys wiping their foreheads like this. If after I get a big out or, or, or a big strike out in a, in a tough situation. So nothing crazy, hmm. but just something that's real calm and, and, and kind of a, a, a thing that I always uh, did when, I, when I'm finishing an inning. So obviously singing is such a big part of the fandom in Korea. Do you remember any specific songs that might have stood out for you as your favorites? Oh, man, it's a few. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's a few, you know. I, I can't, I can't sing them, but, but <laughs> I like. To, to, I like, I like when, <laughs> for me, I like when the guys try to pick off at first base or any base, and oh, yeah. and, and everybody starts yelling, "Ma, ma!" Like, "Hey, what you doing?" Yeah. But they'll play something before that, and they'll just be yelling, "Ma!" at the guy, and then "Saraine" when they say that stuff. It, that's some some Busan Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, "Saraine." Uh, I love that, and then uh, the Lote Giant song, the Lote Giantchi. Oh, that little thing! And they made me sing that a couple times, so nice. I remember that. <laughs> and then obviously the, the orange, the orange paper, the orange uh, plastic bags. Yeah. That's classic. Yeah. Um, so Sajik obviously has its its place in your heart, and I know you played for the Hanwha Eagles as well. And I, I I think just from like having this podcast, there's like 
there's something great about talking about your time with the Lote Giants, though, like perhaps more than more than the Hanwe Eagles. In terms of like those road trips, you mentioned Sam, um, LG Twins before and, and the Doosan Bears. Those road trips up to Seoul, um, Doosan Bears, sorry, the, the Lote Giants had so many fans of those games against Doosan Bears and the LG yeah. Twins. What, like, you're in Jamshill. It's a Friday night. It's a Saturday night. <laughs> and your team is winning, man. Your team is winning. And you're playing in Jamshill against these guys. Like, And you're the starting pitcher. Like, what, what is that like for like a mere mortal like myself and Brad here? Well, to see that, you know, you hardly see, you hardly see cheerleaders that travel. But when we go there, our cheerleaders, they travel most of the time. And like you said, the fan base is, is pretty much what and what. Um, it makes you feel good. It makes you go out there. I love pitching on the road. Because especially, especially overseas in Korea, because if you're on your game and you shut that crowd up, you hear them, you, you know, you know how they are. They're stressing. They're like, oh, they, all, these, all of these gestures that they have because cause we're killing them. You know what I mean? So to have your crowd, to have some of your home crowd or the fan base that Lote has follow you and then look over to the to the first base side to see the LG Twins fans just kind of rubbing their head and just kind of, ah, this just, <laughs> it makes you feel good. You know what I mean? I just, I love rubbing it in on the road to these fans, especially in Korea, man. And I love, I love pitching in Moonhawk as well. Not only in Jamshed, nice. but Moonhawk. I love that stadium too. So just, just to see those fans stressing out over you kicking their butts, it, it, it brought a great pleasure to me. Um, Moonak is like a, a kind of slightly smaller ballpark and we saw when the SK Wyverns won a championship recently that they realized they could hit a lot of home runs in that park is there like a, a baseball stadium in Korea you played in that maybe you didn't like because like as a pitcher maybe it's like shorter or smaller or something that 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 made you dread that more than any other ballpark well Eagle Stadium the Hanawa Stadium used to be a real small stadium uh, early on my first year or two then they kind of expanded it but the ball still flew out of that fairly easy the old the old Nexon stadium as well uh didn't really care to play there because the ball flew out of there easily and plus they were they were a smaller stadium so you couldn't really pack them in and and, yeah. and really enjoy the fandom except for the guy uh at Hanawa like you man what are you doing I don't know if you've been to Hanawa but there's a guy that yells at the opposing pitcher the whole time uh you can hear him easily because the, the, the stadium is real small but those two uh if I, ha- if I could pass up pitching in, I would, just because of how small they were. So, Shane, ultimately, in your time in Korea, with the Giants, with the Eagles, what stands out to you as your number one memory? Oh, man. Hey, four years, four years, it's a lot. It's a lot, <laughs> man. Just, I don't know, man. I, I think it's just being able to hang out after, after really getting my feet wet and adjusting. Being able to hang out with the boys, man, hang out with the teammates, even though we had the language barrier. Obviously, baseball language is universal. But, you know, guys, man, hey, we going out. I'm taking you here. I'm taking you there. To be able to hop in a car with one of my teammates or a few of my teammates and go places and do stuff and just really dive in and enjoy it. So stupid great. You know, whether whether it's foreigners or, or, or the Korean fans, yeah, the fans were great. I love that experience. But more than anything, just being able to hang with the boys, bro. Just going and do stuff like that you might not – I probably wouldn't have done <laughs> five, ten years ago. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going there, bro. I'm not going. But to jump in the car and just go do stuff with my guys, man, that, that, was, the big, that, was, that was real cool for me. Okay, so quick follow-up to that. You have to choose the Philly Fanatic – 
Oh, or shit. the latte cheerleaders? Who would you take? Uh, I'm gonna say the cheerleaders because I didn't really get to fully, <laughs> I didn't get to fully experience the fanatic. The only time I really got to fully experience the fanatic is when I was on the opposing team, the Pirates. But um, oh, I'm gonna say the cheerleaders. That's a different vibe, man. That's a whole. I'm a pitcher, man, Brad. Remember, I'm a pitcher, so I'm sitting on my butt four or five days out of the week. <laughs> I need something to I need something to keep my attention. You know what I mean? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so for sure. <laughs> oh, incredible. Best answer. <laughs> <laughs> um Shane, and now like KBO is on ESPN. Um, I know like the, the five o'clock starts in the morning or wherever they are where you are in, in Texas, it's it's obviously not easy. Um, do you feel like you have this like a renewed energy to talk about KBO to maybe people who've never watched it before? Like you're the guy who spent like a number of years playing baseball in Korea. Do you feel like more than ever you want you want to discuss this league? I think so. I mean even Prior to this, she would get questions about certain things. You know, man, do you guys really make good money out there? Yeah. Is the competition really that good? Yes. But now they're getting to see it on TV. A couple of kids I work with, my clients with pitching lessons. You know, their parents are asked. I, I mean, I sat on the phone probably a half hour, 45 minutes, talking about the KBO with a parent and, and about certain things that are being done and, and, and why. And things of that nature, I said, the guys can play, man. It's just that sometimes the, the managers, they want to micromanage and control everything. So that kind of takes away from some players really, really let, spreading their wings and letting their talent show. So to be able to explain how the game's played there and, and why guys do certain things and, and, a, and, a colorful, and the colorful arm guards and, 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 and shin guards and things of that nature that they wear, just being, people are really diving in it and it's intriguing to them. And I'm just glad I can help educate some folks out here on, on, on the game and career so they can really believe that it's just not, okay, you're going out there overseas to play, but it's really nothing. Now they're starting to see that the guys can play yeah. and that there's a lot of substance to that to that game. Uh, th- this might seem like an obvious question for some of the answers you've given us before, but like this is my team here, this big T here, this is the Tiger, <laughs> uh, the Tigers. You, you, you played with the Lotte Giants. For the Look at this T here one more time. I like Tigers, and I know historically these two teams have not gotten on that well with each other. It's it's mellowed out a bit over time. I, I think the answer you're going to say is LG Twins, just based by some of the answers you've given before. But is there a team that you just love beating more than any other team in Korean baseball? I would say, of course, LG, uh, just because just because of the history of the team and how the fans are so passionate about the team. It's Gangnam Style. Just think about it. They think they're better than everybody else, and that's the song. Gangnam Style was just like just kind of showing off and just being that guy, right? So uh, I like it. other than that, Samsung, just because they were so good at that time, uh, being able to beat up on those guys. But Kia, man, is different. It's different in a sense that you guys have the most championships in KBO history. Um, the food is not all that good like people say in Guangzhou. Uh, I, I, it's overrated. <laughs> it's overrated. I disagree with you there, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's overrated. Now, the nightlife I can enjoy uh, over there. And the new stadium is nice. I'm yeah. glad they did get the new stadium because that old stadium was uh, – that's probably why y'all beat so many people because that old stadium was not welcoming. Uh, so, but 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 I enjoy playing against LG and, and Samsung for sure. Cool. Um, I think if if Shane Newman comes back to Korea, we need to get him a shiny jacket, a shiny LG. Oh, <laughs> That's a photo op. That's a photo op. 
the song was annoying. The LG Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the one thing that I found when I started watching Korean baseball that I just didn't understand and it just made me feel physically ill was those shiny plastic jackets, yeah. which I had no idea. How could you wash that thing? I mean, to use like a, <laughs> the same thing you'd use for your car. It's just, ah, oh, madness. It's, I hate those it's things. Just spray and wipe, man. Spray and wipe. Brad, who, <laughs> who's, your, who's your squad, Brad? We all know I actually support, I, um, I support the Bears. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I lived in Chumshill and I had the choice of the Twins or the Bears. I saw those jackets and my choice was instantly made. So, um, so yeah, I support the Bears. I As a glory you. hunter. Yeah, that's it. And they were winning. I didn't at the time. even know. Okay. They were winning. He jumped on a bandwagon. They oh, were yeah, winning yeah. at the time. So yeah, let me jump on a winning team bandwagon. This I was as, <laughs> I had no idea about anything back then. So I I didn't even know what glory was in terms of baseball. <laughs> right. I didn't know why a strike was a K. I mean, so you know, <laughs> definitely not glory hunting. A k k k in Korean in Korean is <laughs> exactly just laughing. <laughs> 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 Shane, are you a fan of Chimek when you were over here? Oh, of course, man. When you mentioned chicken and beer and all of that stuff, of course, man. Uh, yeah, uh, Chisomek. Oh, if you want to add, if you want to add a little bit to it, but uh, of course, like I said, just being able to hang out with the fellas and, and them take me to the hole in the wall restaurants that I might not think of yeah. that might be in a in a the seventh floor of the basement <laughs> in Korea because we know everything goes from the ground up, <laughs> but um. Yeah, man, it, just, just being around the guys and being able to experience that stuff, I'd love it. Oh, I love it. Love it. Definitely love it. Oh, it's almost a pity we don't have a guy like Shane Newman playing in this league. I, I don't know what some of the other pitchers are like or some of the other um, field players are like, but, man, it'd be nice if we could step back in time and we see this guy pitching against the LG Twins and he sees those shiny jackets and jam shit and he gets super angry and he strikes <laughs> out that, that last guy. But at the top of the seventh, you guys are winning in Jamshill. You know, bringing just your- the signature sweat, cap yeah, off. wipe it off. Yeah. <laughs> and I think one of my one of my a big strikeout in in, in Jamshill that I had was against LG. I forget who the guy was. Pretty good hitter. He was a catcher. I think he won number twenty, and he actually may be playing. I don't know where he's playing. Now. He might be playing for 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 SK. But anyways, I struck him out with a changeup, and I got real excited. My gum. I don't know. If if you watch, my gum flew out of my mouth. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, that was my last inning because I didn't have gum and I would have been done. They would probably came back the next inning and, and, and took the lead or something like that because I'm real superstitious. So wow. I need to have a certain type of gum that I chew. And if I keep that gum for the whole time I'm in the game, I store it right here. I store it right here between innings. I don't chew it between innings. So that gum flew out of my mouth and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'm, I'm screwed. But fortunately, that was my last inning. But, uh, you know, just something like that. And he actually threw his bat when he swung at the changeup. So that was kind of crazy, too. <laughs> I feel like we're definitely going to have to find out about your, your your other superstitions the next time you're on the podcast. For sure. I'll definitely share that with y'all. Man. No problem at all. Can't wait. Yeah, this is, like, again, like interviewing a guy like Shane Yumi, you got, you, got, you got so many great stories. It's so, it's so fun listening to you talking about your time here in Korea. Um what about your podcast? So you have your own thing going on right now. Um, I've listened. I've listened to some of them. They're great. Like you got so much energy, so much buzz talking to some of your guests. Is this something you really like to do? I do, man. It's it's been two years in the making. Just kind of being a little shy, not knowing where to start. 
wanted to do the college thing with, with LSU and a where are they now type situation, but I didn't know if it would be a conflict of interest with the university. So went back to the drawing board and, and started thinking about what else I can do and had somebody kind of give me some insight on just, hey, man, get this, get that, and just go ahead and do it. Let it happen. Let it flow. So with COVID-19, it forced me in a corner not being able to do anything, not even being able to work with, with, with the kids I trained. So I'm like, you know what, man, I'm going to start writing down names of people I want to have on a podcast and I'll call it league talk, like the league. You know, we, we play in the big leagues, the NBA is a league, NFL, so on and so forth. Not only just male athletes, but female athletes too. Females have been tough to kind of get, but I want to mix up different sports, not only baseball, but incorporate all other sports and just talk about that journey that it took for these guys and girls to make it to the highest level you know, what it takes to be a professional and then things that they've learned in sport that they can apply to life. Uh, just kind of having that little format and following it. And obviously we improv a lot too. And it helps that I know a lot of my guests. Uh, yeah, It helps with the flow of the podcast, but that inspiration to do something like that and, and to hear stories, to hear stories. I know we, I get a little long with it and my podcasts are a little long. So I'm learning how to try to try to get get straight to the point a little bit sooner than later, so we don't get on there for an hour and a half, two hours uh, per show. So where can people find uh, League Talk? Well, we on a bunch of the platforms, man. I'm kind of happy about YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. I actually have a link on Linktree. I'll send it to you guys so you Please. so you can uh, so you can have it. Um, I'm on Pandora recently, so I'm excited about that. I recently got a uh, got got a chance to get on Pandora, Spotify, and um, Apple Podcasts as well. So those those three, along with a, a YouTube channel. So I'm hoping to grow it and, and see where it goes from there. Uh, I just got somebody to produce a, a an intro beat for me, so I have copyright claim right now, so I can't make any money because I'm using other intro beats. <laughs> so I had somebody do something for me, so I'm looking forward to using that, and hopefully the audience grows and I can uh, start making a couple of dollars off this. Yeah. So just to confirm, that's that's League Talk for everyone that wants to yes. listen on any podcast. Yeah, so Perfect. League Talk, and, and I think on my Instagram is at League Talk 79, the number 79. So you might want, I think I add that on there. So just to be safe, League Talk 79 on, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, that's all I do. That's all I post on this Instagram for that. And uh, those, those platforms to watch it on or listen. Yeah, I got, I got, I got your link on Facebook there. I, I like the YouTube one more. Like the, the, the podcast platforms are great, but like they're awesome. But like just like kind of seeing like the faces of people. Fortunately for us, our podcasts are all audio form for now. And yeah future i want to share this with you if you don't mind just before i let you go guys um in the spirit of what we've been talking about so far can we see this nice shiny jacket <laughs> he doesn't even look like you want to be in that jacket right now especially this guy was a do sound bear yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> you got the it's blind it's blinded i see why they wear it to blind the picture man that's man that's i, I mean, wear that just because that jacket is wearing him. Like it, it, it can't be understated. It is dreadful. Yeah, the, the Velcro. So I, I really love the patent of the Velcro uh, running shoes that they used to give us the, the 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 turf shoes. But you know that supersedes it. That shiny jacket supersedes it. That uh, that LG wears and still wears to the day. <laughs> 
Indeed. Look, um, I really hope we can say this is part one of a number of interviews. Uh, Shane Newman, we'd love to have you on the show again if you've got any time coming up this year. You got too many good stories. Like it's it's always it's always good chatting to you about your time here in Korea. For sure, man. Just shoot me a holler, uh, like you did, you know, last week, and, and and let's put something together. As long as I know in advance, I could always, you know, tell my old lady, hey, you know, I'm about to jump on a call. Yeah. And by then, probably my, my daughter will be walking. She started taking steps already. So, you know, maybe she'll join us one of these days. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, I'm definitely open to that. And we can get Brad out of being a bandwagon fan. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> 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 the guy's going to be an NC Dinos fan next season, I think. <laughs> so whoever wins the championship <laughs> this year, right? <laughs> Wait, who is that? Please, please, please tell me so I can pre-order the, the celebratory shirt. <laughs> the NC Dinos. Get a nice Eric Thames uniform ready for... Uh, yeah, there you go. Throwback. <laughs> uh, Throwback. Shane Newman, again, thank you so much for your time. You've given us a lot of your time here. It's uh, it's early Saturday morning for you where you are. So, again, many, many thanks. Appreciate you. Come Oh, Thanks so much, Shane. I really enjoyed that. Again, uh, thank you to Shane Newman for, for giving us so much of his time on an early Saturday morning for him. With ESPN taking on the KBO this season, I am shocked that Newman hasn't gotten a phone call yet. I think he'd be the perfect guest to come on and talk about his time here in Korea. So hopefully word gets out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure Newman would definitely like to do it. Uh, I think he'd just be the, the perfect guest to join ESPN telecast. Uh, so again, thanks to Shane and thanks to Brad for the time. We'll post the links to Shane's podcast in the description below. But for now, thanks for listening, everybody. And have a nice day. Goodbye. Goodbye.